0: Welcome to the National Council of Supervisors of Mathematics, NCSM, Leadership in Mathematics podcast. NCSM is an organization supporting mathematics education leadership at the school, district, college, university, state, province, and national levels. Its membership constitutes an international force collaborating to achieve excellence in mathematics education. Be sure to visit the NCSM website at ncsmonline.org. Welcome to Episode 17 in the NCSM series of podcasts, which originated in 2007 at NCSM's 39th Annual Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. This next set of podcasts includes many of the major sessions recorded at the 40th Annual Conference held April 7th through ninth, 2008 in Salt Lake City, Utah. This episode contains opening remarks by NCSM President Dr. Timothy Canold, who, along with NCSM's Executive Director Terry Belcher and Western Two Regional Director Jim Barda, welcome attendees and the Utah State Executive Director of Indian Affairs.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. If I can get your attention, please. Good morning. Well, it's great to see everybody, and welcome to our 40th anniversary conference. Um, I would like to begin this morning by just thanking the sponsors of our uh, morning uh, breakfast and coffee and refreshments. So, uh, to Heinemann, thank you very much. And we have two representatives for Heinemann in the back of the room, if you can wave back there. We have Emily Birch and Victoria Marecki. So, thank you both very much for doing this for us. Well, it gives me great pleasure to welcome everyone as president of NCSM to welcome you to this conference this morning. I think you're going to find uh, this morning's session very exciting and hopefully um, uh, beneficial to you. And to provide an official welcome from the board, I'd like to introduce you to our executive director, uh, Ms. Terry Belcher. Terry?
2: Good morning. On behalf of the NCSM board, welcome to our 40th anniversary the NCSM 40th Annual Conference, where nearly 1,600 colleagues have come together to celebrate, learn, and prepare for the future. I say our 40th anniversary, because this conference is a celebration of all that we have achieved together through our leadership in mathematics education over the past four decades. I don't know about you, But I was wondering what inspired our conference logo designer, Kevin Halstead, to use a skier motif for this year's spring conference. (laughs) But when I read a description of Alta, one of the ski areas in Salt Lake City County, I realized what might have inspired him. Alta has been described as a mountain with a soul, where people who visit experience romance, respect for the past, and commitment to the future. This description caught my fancy because it seems to me to be tied to the notion of anniversary. Why do we celebrate anniversaries? To look both backwards and forward, and we need anniversaries. They are the witnesses of our lives. They help us remember past relationships, past struggles, and past achievements. They provide a time for us to celebrate how far a community like ours has come With the coming of an anniversary, there is a sense of accomplishment and a specialness to the day. And there is also a sense of urgency because it seems like only yesterday, just 40 years ago, how fleetingly fast time flies. And when you awaken the next day, you realize that you have a choice to carry on in the same manner that you have been or to strategize and move forward to a future in a different way. This conference will provide yesterday opportunities for each of us, reminiscing about good times, challenges, successes, remembering where we've been and how we've come to be who and where we are. This conference will also afford us today opportunities, letting go of all we left behind at work and home and being present with those who are here at this conference. And this conference will launch us toward our tomorrow, It will be a place where we construct new learning, a place where we connect with new ideas as well as colleagues. It will be a place where epiphanies are born. It will provide time to exchange our current thinking about equity, teaching and learning, curriculum, technology, and assessment. It will give us time to propel each other forward toward our ultimate goal where every student in every classroom has access to effective mathematics teachers, relevant curricula, culturally responsive pedagogy and current technology. And after these three days with each other, we will walk out smarter than when we arrived. So again, on behalf of the board, we hope you enjoy the conference experience here in Salt Lake City and happy anniversary. Thank you. At this time, I'd like to uh, introduce one of the nine NCS and Regional Directors, Mr. Jim Barda. He is from Western Region 2. He's the director from that region and the regional host for this year's conference. Okay.
3: Hi. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jim Barda, and I, I welcome you all here. In the words that have been spoken in the Valley before, this is indeed the place and there may not be too many people from utah or i think i would have gotten a little i see some smiles okay the the history behind that when when brigham young and the pioneers crossed the mountains and and having traveled for days and days and endured incredible hardships the story is they they came to the heights and and looked over and, and brigham i believe said this is indeed the place and hence we stand here Uh, I have a special person I'd like to introduce today, and as the conference committee was putting the conference together and we thought how this needs to be done properly, the first thing that came to mind was we needed to thank a person, a representative, who who represented our first people here in Utah. Um, The land upon which we stand, we're, we're, we're very appreciative of today to have this opportunity to host you here and so the first person that came to my mind was Mr. Forrest Kutch. Forrest, if you'll stand, and please join me. Forrest is the executive director of Indian Affairs for our state. I've worked with Forrest for a, a number of years on a number of projects, not only on the Ute Reservation, but at other dealing with other the other of our five Ute, not Ute nations, Indigenous nations here in in the state of Utah. Forrest has been solid proponent of education, um, has taught me more than I will ever be able to offer him. And I've asked him to uh, share a few of his wise words with us today. Thank you, Jim.
4: Uh, Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our beautiful state. It's actually, um, it's a very diverse state when it comes to the land. Very diverse. I mean, we have salt water and seagulls amid mountains and red rock deserts. Uh, and our, our population is becoming uh, diverse um, all, all the while. So um, we look forward to that. Um, first, about my people, there are about 35,000 of our people inhabiting the state. Of course, the state is named after my people, the Ute people, the Ute Indian people. And there are five nations here. The Shoshone to the north, my pe- people to the east, to the, the southeast e- you have the Dene or the Navajo. To the southwest you have the Paiute. Five bands, and then directly west you have two bands of uh, two groups of Goshute. So there's five nations and seven tribal governments I work with. Um, we we're about uh, we're under two th- uh, two percent of the population. And about four we occupy four percent of the lands of the state, okay we have uh, several million land uh, acres of land uh, held in trust by the u s government. Those lands came about as a result of uh, conflict and treaties. so again, five nations and four percent of the lands, and we're under two percent of the population now throughout the country we have Um, 564 tribal uh, governments, okay, that have treaties with the U.S. government. Not all of them have treaties, but they have a relationship with the U.S. government. And of those tribes, there are 300 uh, languages still being spoken, and those languages are in decline, okay? Okay. Now, that's basically the background I want to set. Now, I just want to quickly make a point here. We, we really need to solve this uh, achievement gap, um, or as Jenna said, some folks call it an opportunity gap. And whatever you call it, it's, it's a problem that can be solved. And the reason I mention the tribes is that I've always felt that my bias has always been if we solve the problems among the American Indian children, because we are so culturally different. We'll solve it for everyone else, okay. And we need to begin with them first, okay. Because and and we're going to have to find unconventional methods because if the conventional methods work, work they would have worked by now, right? So we're going to have to think outside the box. That's my uh, connection with Jim. We've been co- colleagues for a number of years. um We're looking at um, a number of th- things. I'm looking at. um neurological pathways, um, I'm looking at um, uh, te- teaching concepts in the home, uh, we're, we're finding that sometimes um, um, some cultures look at the world backwards in an opposite direction and I've said this for a long time. You take the cultures of the traditional American Indian people and you set them alongside the dominant European cultures, they're completely opposite about 80 to 90% of the values and the belief system are opposite. The only areas where we had similarities were, in our view, in God. You know, most tribes, not all, were monotheistic. And almost all of them believed in family, the value of the family, and a couple other areas. But after that, um, where one culture saw the world in scientific terms, the other one saw in spiritual terms. One was um, uh, competitive; the other one was cooperative. One was linear; one was holistic, and on and on and on down the road. So, what we've been tr- what we've been doing in the American school system is taking round children and trying to force them into square pegs. And we've been lately we've been pounding on them, and you know what's happened? They've just popped right back out again. So, I am going to challenge you, folks. You're the supervisors of, of math teachers to, to make the necessary changes to help our children. And take a look at our kids first. And Join my, my colleague Jim here because I think he's on the right track. He's he's studying, working with, closely with the American Indian tribes here in Utah. And he's determined to find out how to properly educate our kids. Right now, we're only depending on 10% of our people to get us to to, to operate our governments and operate our businesses. And that's the percentage of people that will normally get through and adapt to cultural situations. But I'm talking about the other 80 to 90%. And here's what happens. I've been in government for 30 years. What happens is the 10% that are progressive will set up good businesses for the tribes, and they'll get things operating. But if a return does not gen, is not generated within three to five years, the majority of the electorate will replace the tribal council with new leaders who will shut down the business and they'll have to start all over again. Why? Because the general electorate does not understand principles of investment. They don't understand principles of math. So how could they possibly understand commerce or market? You see what I'm saying? There's a pyramid here, and at the bottom of it is education. We have to master this problem of education. If we accomplish this, we'll get better leadership. Better leadership will generate better government, governance, better government operations. And then someday we can tackle business and entrepreneur opportunities. So join, join us in, in solving this problem. I wish you well and good luck and enjoy our beautiful state. Thank you.
3: Forrest, thank you very much. Uh, we'd like to honor Forrest with a special gift from the National Council Supervisors of mathematics and and I hope he'll wear it proudly it's a It's a medallion beaded medallion. May Perry made it up in uh, Brigham City, so we're fortunate to know who made it. It's uh, again, beautiful. Medallion representative, representing the the multiple areas of mathematics it took to make it. So, Forrest, again on behalf of the board, thank you. you.
0: Be sure to tune in to our next episode: the opening address by NCSM President Dr. Timothy Canold. In his address, Tim announces the publication of NCSM's Principles and Indicators for Mathematics Education, or Prime Leadership Framework. Be sure to visit the NCSM website at ncsmonline.org.